0: Welcome to the Haunted Haulers Podcast, a place where your hosts, Wendy and April, discuss the creepy things that lurk in the misty shadows of the Appalachian Hills. I am, as always, the mysterious Voice in the Walls.
1: Hey, everybody,
2: I'm Wendy. And I'm April. This next tale comes from Harrodsburg, the oldest town in Kentucky. The story takes place in Graham Springs in Mercer County at the Harrodsburg Springs Hotel. Dr. Christopher Columbus Graham owned the springs and operated the resort, which operated from 1819 to 1853. Wealthy southern society flocked to this resort spa to take advantage of the natural springs there for the health benefits they were said to possess. The hotel had many balls for guests to enjoy, but in the spring they threw their largest and everyone wanted to be there. According to the legend, in the 1800s, a beautiful young lady checked into the hotel under the name Virginia Stafford, what was later to be determined a false name. She said that her father was a prominent judge in Louisville, and she retired to her room until the ball began. Her stunning looks were a hit with the young men in the ballroom, and she had several dance partners that night. The men had formed a line hoping for their chance to sweep this lovely lady off her feet. After dancing the night away, she collapsed and died in the arms of her final partner. Searching the woman's room and belongings did little to reveal her true identity, as she had brought no identifying personal effects with her. After a week of unsuccessfully trying to locate next of kin to claim her body, the hotel staff and guests decided to have a funeral for the lady, even though they never learned her real name. She was buried on the property underneath a giant tree. The passage of time led to the springs drying up, the ballroom burning down, and the conversion of the hotel to a military asylum. However, the grave still remains under its marker, which reads, "Unknown, hallowed and hushed be the place of the dead. Step softly, bow head." Local stories still report that her ghost can be seen still dancing about the grounds. In the early 1900s, after the fire in the hotel had been long forgotten. A woman was walking near the gravesite. She reported to friends that she encountered a ghostly figure who asked for her help. The apparition went on to explain that she was dancing at the hotel and had lost her way. The woman then informed her that the hotel had burned down years ago. The figure began crying and then disappeared. People still come to the area hoping to catch a glimpse of the young dancer swaying to music that only she can hear. There are several theories about the true identity of this young woman. A widely accepted theory is that the dancing lady is actually Molly Black Sewell. Joe Sewell told people his wife Molly had died while dancing in Harrodsburg and the young child she left behind was raised by her family. In June of 1938, however, the Lexington leader published that the body was that of Sewell and that she fled from her husband in Tennessee. And the problem with this theory is that a stamp collecting club later came forward and claimed to have a letter that Molly Black sent with a Confederate stamp on it, which would make her still alive when the dancing lady passed away. Another story claims that the young dancer arrived at the ball with a man, but when she died, he disappeared, fleeing through a window. A more sinister rumor surrounding the story is that Dr. Graham sent his nephew away on an all-expense-paid trip to New Orleans the same week the dancer died. Graham's nephew was said to be violent and was allegedly living at the hotel while overcoming an addiction and had been convicted of killing a man years earlier. Today, a local historian and researchers are trying to raise funds to get permission to exhume the body of the dancer in order to use DNA testing to prove her identity and her cause of death once and for all.
1: And now it's time for the breakdown. So the first thing I'd like to address is there used to be so many more cooler things to do in Kentucky than there are today. Yes, I will definitely agree with that. You're telling me I could go to a hotel with springs that I could go to that were natural for my ailments, and now I can't do that. And get all fancied up and go to a (laughs) ball. And go to a ball. I forgot about that. Yes, I could go ballroom dancing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think life used to be much cooler than it is now. Um, The other thing I want to talk about now, let's get back to the actual case. Um, So she gave her name as Virginia Stafford um, and said she was the daughter of a prominent Louisville judge. Mm -hmm. And according to my research, there was a judge bound to exist. There was a prominent Louisville judge by that name, but he did not have a daughter named Virginia. So my first question would be. Why did she lie about her identity? Um, why did she give that name? And and th- that name specifically,
2: right. I wonder if there's some kind of backstory there that we don't know anything about because it seems a little suspicious to me that she would just pick a random person
1: and be like, oh, yeah, that's my dad. Yeah, that's very strange. So did she know him? Did she know something about him? I don't know. That's very strange.
0: Maybe that got her into the party. <laughs> that,
1: hey, that's a uh, good point. I didn't think about that. Sometimes the voice in the wall comes up with brilliant things. Mm -hmm.
0: Like maybe that was her ticket in? Mm
1: -hmm. That's a good possibility. I didn't think about that. So, yeah, being the daughter of a prominent judge may have been what got her into the ball. Because this was was high society. Mm -hmm. And everyone who was anyone was at this ball at the time. So maybe that's what got her in. That's brilliant. Some things never change. (laughs) (laughs) True, true, true. Um, Also, so... If she's lying about her identity too, maybe she's lying about her identity because she's running from something.
2: That's possible.
1: And, you know, one of the theories, one of the stories was that she was married and, you know, it said her true identity was um, Molly Black Sewell mm-hmm. and that she was the wife of Joe Sewell. And that she was running away from running away from that life. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's one reason she was lying about her identity because she didn't want anyone to find out who she really was. That's possible. And then that makes sense to me, too, because, you know, at first when you think, well, maybe she's running away from
2: something, you want to be like, well, then why is she going to a big party? Mm -hmm. But if she's running away from an abusive marriage or an unhappy marriage, maybe the cure for that is going to a nice party and dancing
1: with a bunch of young boys. I don't know. I don't know. That's the story gets curiouser and curiouser the more I find out. Um, let's see, what else was interesting? Um <clears throat> the fact that this stamp club. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why am I not in a stamp club is my first question. <laughs> that sounds well, like the coolest thing ever.
2: The post office is not <laughs> they're not thriving these days with
1: it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we are starting a stamp club, so go ahead and clear your agendas because that's the next thing we're going to do. Um, so this stamp club is like, no, no, we can we can say that um, Molly Black Sewell was still alive because we got a letter. Um, we got a letter, or we we have a letter with a Confederate stamp on it that proves that she was still alive after this event took place.
2: So here's my question: So the stamp club. <laughs> Wow, how are they getting other people's letters? I don't you know, know why is it just that they're trying to collect from other people? Oh, yeah, this person wrote me a letter. Here's this rare stamp that happens to be on this letter.
0: That's the only thing I can think is that like they would have gotten that donated or someone collected it because it's a it's well it's a confederate stamp that's pretty rare mm-hmm. so. They probably just had that happen to see that it was from that person and yeah. went
1: from there. Well, that makes sense. Well, when we, when we start our stamp club, we'll be able to know more about how <laughs> we go about getting these stamps and these letters. So, But yeah, that, that's what I'm assuming is they were able to collect various letters with these rare stamps on them. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what else do I have an issue with or did I find fascinating? Um, the fact that... The nephew, um, the nephew of the man who owned the hotel, I really want to point all fingers at him Mm -hmm. because it said there was a mysterious man that went to the ball with her. He fled through a window Mm -hmm. and then just all of a sudden, um, you know, the, the owner of the hotel gave his nephew an all expenses paid trip to New Orleans. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was overcoming addiction at the time. He was staying at the hotel to overcome an addiction.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: been in trouble before. He, he's no um, stranger to the law. So the fact that he's involved with this somehow is a, is a theory that I'm, I'm kind of partial to. But even if he, if he killed her, mm-hmm. she's dancing. Mm-hmm. She's dancing and she dies in her partner's arms. What could have happened to cause her to have, a, like, a delayed Maybe death? he poisoned her. Maybe they had alcohol or something okay. and he slipped her something in
2: her drink. You know, some things never
1: change. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting theory then. Okay, so maybe he poisoned her and, yeah, maybe that's something going to happen.
2: But what would his motive have been? That's a good question. Unless, unless those stories are somehow connected and the guy that took off out the window was somebody he already had beef with. Okay. Okay. Maybe those are not two separate stories. Maybe those are stories that go hand in hand.
1: Okay. That's an interesting theory. Interesting theory. Um, I also found out that there are two um, organizations that are working on this case. And one of the things that they found is this is not a police matter. Mm -hmm. It is a historical matter. Right. And so there's organizations, there's researchers, historians they are trying to get the body of this unknown woman exhumed because one they want to be able to identify her right and you know maybe possibly find out her cause of death Mm -hmm. Um, because you know things are so much more advanced now in 2022 and two of those are the doe network and i know i'm not going to say this correctly so i'm going to spell it it's n-a-m-u-s uh for the Doe Network, this is supposed to be one of the largest or longest Jane Doe cases that they have on the books. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're working to solve this. And there's a historian, her name's Anna Armstrong, and two researchers, Todd Matthews and Lynn Smelzer, They are trying to get enough historical reference and funds because they want to exhume the body right
2: I was reading about that as well and I thought it was really interesting because they were talking about how well we're not going to bring in big equipment for this it's going to be more like an archaeological dig because I had questions you know if this happened in the 1840s Mm -hmm. okay that's a really long time ago really
0: long time ago so
2: and you know embalming and all of that wasn't The same Uh then as it is now. So I just wonder, you know, is there even going to be a body there to find? If there is a body there, are they even going to be able to get DNA from it? I know they can do a lot of cool things with DNA today. You know, we've seen, like, in the Golden State Killer case, where uh, they have used DNA to find familial relations, and then that leads them to who this person is. And there's been other examples of true crime cases where they figured out who victims are because of DNA and family DNA and all these databases where people, you know, 23andMe and and Ancestry and all that. And I think that's super interesting. And so I think it would be really neat if they could, but I just question, you know,
1: would they be able to? Right. Um, Well, obviously I'm no expert. I teach English for a living. (laughs) (laughs) don't even teach science or something cool like that. (laughs) But I'm imagining there's going to be some bones. Mm -hmm. Um, Hair? Does hair stay after?
0: For for a bit, I think that... I think they might be able to get some DNA, even if the significant decomposition, without embalming and in a wooden casket. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd think they'd get some information. I if it if it was poison, I'm not sure there'd be evidence of that. Right. Because like there'd be degradation of the tissue. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We we need a science person to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause of death would probably be much more yeah. tricky. than I don't, the DNA. I think the
1: most important thing here is. Identif- identification. Yeah. Finding out who she, who she is. is. Yeah. Um, and and one of the things they said is if you're a local to the area, you could, if you've done 23andMe or any of the DNA sites, you can upload your information at no cost um, from your DNA testing. So that if they ever do get permission to exhume the body, that it would be that much easier to try to identify her. Right. And I have a website here, if you would be interested in doing that. It is dnasolves.com backslash user backslash register. Mm -hmm. And you could upload your DNA, and that way it would be in the database if they ever do get the chance to exhume the body.
2: Yeah, because from what I understand, like 23andMe and um, ancestry and things like that, they can't give people your DNA information. So the only way they can search it is ones that have been uploaded to public databases like that. So that's kind of interesting. Now, I also looked at one theory that said there's not even a body there, that this was a whole big made-up story, because I think the first time this story was told was in the 1850s. And so that was kind of interesting. And at first I was like, okay, publicity but then I think the place closed down in the late 40s maybe okay. I need to go back and check my date on that but I think I was wondering you know why this story would suddenly pop up and somebody was like well maybe there's not really a body there at all maybe this is just a you know let's be famous but for it to still be there after all that time even right. if it was turned into like an asylum and all this other stuff that seems interesting that's, to me. that's
1: interesting um, another thing that's interesting is Joe Sewell mm-hmm. um, telling people that his wife danced herself to death in Harrodsburg um, how would he know that? That's a good
2: question. <laughs> maybe he was just a scorned
1: husband. Yeah. His wife left him and he was looking for an excuse to give. And maybe he saw this somewhere and he's like, oh, th- yeah, that was my wife. Yeah. She did. And that would be a much cooler story than my wife just took off and, and yeah. left me.
2: Left me for somebody else or left me for herself. You, ah. know, you never know. You never know. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. This story puts me in mind a whole lot, and I really don't know why, because the details are not exactly that similar, but it puts me a lot in mind of the gray lady yes. of Liberty Hall, you mm-hmm. know, one of our previous episodes, just because, you know, the way that the the, the apparish because I didn't find a whole lot of stories of people talking about actually seeing the dancing lady, just mainly the one uh, where the girl said that she saw her, and then she told her, and that kind of always makes me think about, okay, so if we have spirits and spirits are
1: real and and like do they not know that they're dead? and then they get right. upset. that whole
2: confusion aspect of it I thought was kind of interesting.
1: well, and then there's the theory that you know, in the afterlife, once once someone has passed on, if the spirit's still here, Sometimes they keep going through that same routine. Like a loop, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a, and maybe she was still on that loop. Yeah. and And possible. didn't realize. So, that's a pretty interesting theory. And then there's always the question, did the woman really see the ghost? Or did the woman know the story and yeah, know the background? Mm-hmm. And she just really, really wanted to see. Right. And then it was just part of her imagination right. that she saw this dancing lady.
2: You can convince your mind of a whole lot of things. The
1: mind is a powerful tool. Yes. And you can think something, and it can manifest in front of you. It's amazing how powerful the mind is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Amazing.
2: When I think about, like, her dancing herself to death, I mean, there are worse ways to go than spending a night dancing with a bunch of attractive young
1: men and, and having a good time of your life. I mean, dancing <laughs> myself to death, it's high up on my list of ways I would want to go, so... <laughs> I mean, there you go.
2: I mean, and well, you know, and we think about that. So if she wasn't poisoned, you know, what could have caused her to have collapsed and died? Like pure exhaustion? Pure exhaustion. Maybe she'd been on a long journey before she got there That's and wasn't arrested. You know, kind of going back to our gray lady story. She had, you know, come down uh, on a long journey. And back then, you know, that was kind of hard on you traveling. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like just, you know, sitting in your cushy car <laughs> or hopping on a plane. Exactly. So maybe she'd been through some stuff before she got there. Mm -hmm. And if she was somebody who wasn't really a somebody and was using this fake name to be a somebody to get into the party, you know, she could have been, you know, malnourished. She could have been poor. She could have, like, been disadvantaged. And all those things could have tied into why this event, you know, maybe she
1: had a weak heart. Absolutely. Yep. That'd be interesting to find out.
2: Because we know from previous cases that we've looked at that the, the medical examiners of the day <laughs> <laughs> are not necessarily the most competent.
1: Yes, this is true. And I, I wonder if it went down on the death certificate as danced herself yeah, to death. Really? That would be interesting <laughs> to find out.
2: Yeah. But we'll definitely have to watch for updates on this case because I think it was yes. 21 uh-huh. that they were talking about exhuming the body and I couldn't find any more recent. I have not been
1: able to find out anything more recent. So I, I wonder
2: what happened with that.
1: Yeah, I would love to know. So if any of you have know any more information on this or have heard anything, we would love to know if anything else has come about on this. And we would love to know your thoughts on
2: the story. Hey listeners, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love to hear what you think. If you wouldn't mind, stop by Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast and leave us a rating and a review. You can contact us via Facebook at Haunted Haulers. We are also on Instagram at Haunted Haulers, And you can even find us on Twitter at Haunted Haulers. We do have a website, www.hauntedhollers.com. And you can email us at hauntedhaulers at gmail.com.
1: Until next time, listeners, beware of things lurking in the shadows.